Welcome to Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio, where we explore pathways to health for self, society, and the planet. We are home to a range of voices, as there is no single roadmap for meeting the challenges of our times. Tune in each week to expand your perspective, deepen your attention, and cultivate practices that support personal, communal, and global health. Thank you for joining us on this journey. Now, here's your host. Welcome, everyone. I'm Annie Levin, and this is Precipice, a show that aspires to stand at the edge, the edge of what we know, what we understand, what's familiar or comfortable, to see what conversations emerge from there. We invite guests willing to explore that terrain with us. They may be expert in certain things, but none of us are expert in navigating this troubled time. So we will be wondering out loud, together. It is my great pleasure today to welcome Tony Albrecht. Tony is an attorney, entrepreneur, and blogger. He is a co-founder of Axis, a virtual support group for creative people, and focuses his pondering on the daily battle to create, the future of work, and his journey walking a line between the conventional path and the spiritual wildness beyond. Tony's travels have taken him from Nepal to Guatemala, Mozambique to Bulgaria, but he considers St. Louis, Missouri, the hometown he'll never actually leave. Tony, welcome to Precipice. Thank you, Annie. I'm really happy to be here. I'm happy to have you. Um, so, Tony, you and I know each other. We've known each other for a little over four years now. And we met in a sort of unusual circumstance. And I think that's where we're going to start the conversation today. So, this this episode is is really going to be an exploration into what happens to two particular people when they step off a more conventional path, um, what what a four-year arc of that looks like, and what questions uh, emerge during that time, and which ones are still hanging around. So, uh, do you want to talk about how we met, or should I start? <laughs> Uh, I would be happy to hear hear your recollection of, of <laughs> okay. our meeting. Okay. So, uh, you and I met four years ago in the early fall of 2013 uh, in northeastern Missouri, a place called La Plata, Missouri, uh, on a farm and sort of revolutionary experiment in living called the Possibilities Alliance. I think it's now called Stillwater Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the time, it, it, I think it's expanded since then, but um, it was a 80-acre homestead as well as a 10-acre uh, education center. And they are, to this day, living petroleum-free and electricity-free. And we met there during something called Experience Week, which was an opportunity to go there and see how they live and learn about what it's like and learn about the the various structures they have in place, both for living and for engaging with the world more broadly. And and I had I was a, a year out from having left a full time job doing immigration law, and I believe you were just months out from also leaving a job as an attorney. Yeah, and I was that's about- where we. Yeah. yeah, I was about three months uh, since I had left my full-time job as a lawyer. Yeah. Okay. 
what did I miss? What would you uh, add to that? Uh, I think that's a, a pretty good uh, recollection of the place. I, I mean, what comes to mind for me is is just that very uh, pronounced um, difference between is the conventional path that you and I had both been on and then the, the PA, the possibility alliance, and that just the the opposite of conventional in so many ways, just then <laughs> those two ends of the pendulum. Yeah. And I I remember that time, uh, that period of the journey that I was on, being there moving into a space that was so different from everything I had grown up with. I was raised in the suburbs. I mostly have lived in cities and suddenly I'm in rural Missouri. I'm on this farm and it wasn't my first time doing work on a farm or being on a farm, but this is entirely different from most farms in that they are living without electricity and they're not using fossil fuels. And so all of the work on the farm is happening with humans or with draft horses. And when it gets dark at night, you either build a fire or you do things by candlelight or you go to bed. And there was also a lot of uh, real civic engagement and activism amongst the people there. And so in the, in the moments when physical labor wasn't happening, there was an amazing library full of all these books about social justice. And, and this experiment was based on Gandhian principles of nonviolence. And so tons of conversation about that and, and it was really a transformative time from the standpoint of seeing that something other than the ways of living that I grew up with were possible. Mm. Um, and I think there was also a, a sense of the exhilaration of having taken a leap of leaving the conventional path was still fresh enough that... I, my eyes were wide with possibility, and I thought, okay, I got this. I'm going to figure this all out. Mm. I, <laughs> I, um, in, in your intro uh, to this show, you, you talk about being uncomfortable or about our ideas around comfort. And I remember that week, uh, you know, I also grew up in the suburbs. I've been, you know, fortunate in just about every way a human can be fortunate in my growing up here in the Midwest. Um, but I remember that week as being such an uncomfortable week. I remember it being, you know, it was in the 90s, you know, all week where we're sleeping outside in tents. Um, and then I remember all um, all these different um, activities we were doing and all the programming we were doing uh, run by the folks at the Possibility Alliance were so much centered on getting beyond the comfort zone and challenging ourselves intellectually, emotionally, spiritually. Um, and one of the, the ideas that's really stuck with me uh, is something that uh, you know, Ethan Hughes, you know, one of the founders of, of the Possibility Alliance, talked about was the idea of sacrifice um, you know, sacrifice being the giving up of something of lesser value to get something of greater value. And that week was, for me, you know, so fresh, as you were saying, 
Um, I know we've we've described ourselves as sort of zealots, you know, at that time in our lives. Um, I, I imagine we'll we'll dive a little deeper into how we've progressed since then in the the four years, the four year education since then. But um, you know, for me, that the being uncomfortable, the thinking about the the little, I mean, they're little things that we were giving up, right? And that uh, the comforts of air conditioning, the comforts of electricity, um, and you know, just those little moments of being uncomfortable, being vulnerable in front of other people. Um, it, <laughs> there, there's a whole lot of opportunity for, for me, it was like it, seeing what else is possible um, came out of that time. Like for me, it really was sort of a getting your finger in the seam of, of what is possible and starting to pull on it. And as you pull it, it comes away and, and behind it, behind that seam uh, is a whole world that I, I was totally unaware of before that. Mm-hmm. I remember, Ethan, I remember what you were talking about with the sacrifice and Ethan talking about when he first imagined giving up fossil fuels, he, th- he, he made a list of what are the things that I would really miss? What are the things that would feel like a real loss and the big one for him was road trips because Mm -hmm. he had such good memories of road trips and so he sat down and said okay so what is it about road trips it's travel it's camaraderie it's adventure so what could I do to have those things in my life without a car and he ended up coming up with these superhero bike rides that I believe are still going on where he'd gather together a bunch of friends and they dress up like superheroes and they ride bikes long distances and and land in various towns and offer themselves in service in whatever ways are needed and have all kinds of adventures. And that many of the things that we imagine would be a sacrifice to give up if we really look at the cost of them on the one hand, and then also look at what is it that actually f- feeds me with this. Often there are other ways to get those same needs met. And that I remember that story really landed. Mm. Well, I, one thing that I think they do particularly well and that I know has served me extremely well in the years since is uh, the idea of identifying your core values, like what is it that I want to be about in this life? And then if I were to build a life around those core values, what would that look like? And so if one of your values is, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, harm the environment or other people through use of fossil f- fuels, you know, how, how do I make that work? And um, see that that orientation um, of being willing to give up the things that come along with with a particular lifestyle, and instead um, start with that foundation of you know, like, what kind of life do I want to live? What kind of man or woman do I want to be? Um, and then think about what what does that life look like? What, uh, how do I spend my time, my energy, my resources? Um, it seems like that's that's an opportunity where creative ca- creativity can really start to to come out. You've got to you got to figure something else out, right? The, right. 
what we've been provided with isn't going to work. Right. Well, and since you brought it up, can you talk a little bit about your ver- the ways that you've lived into answering that question over the last four years? It's a big question. (laughs) I know. Um, Well, I, as we've mentioned, we've known, we've been friends for four years, um, more or less. And, you know, I was just thinking the other day, I've I've just recently um, gone back to to work as a lawyer um, in a full-time capacity for the first time since 2013. So I had this sort of really uh, neat, clean, you know, four plus year uh, period of time where um, I wasn't working full time and I was doing a lot of freelancing in different capacities um, as a as a public interest lawyer, as a as a corporate litigator, um, as a sort of a freelance consultant on other things. Um, and like in that four-year time, which it, I mean, to me, I, I've been thinking of as a as a re-education in some ways. You know, it's, it's like I, I was doing this longer than I was in college, which is a really wild thing to think about for me. But um, you, during that time, I've m- what I came up with in terms of my core values, and they really started to come clear for me maybe about three years ago when I first um, walked the Camino de Santiago, um, the pilgrimage route across Spain. My sister, Christy, and I took a month um, three summers ago um, to do that pilgrimage. And one of my intentions was to get very clear on my my values. And I know that building a meaningful community, uh, living with integrity, and integrity being a uh, place where my my actions and my values align, um, and like honesty, simplicity, uh, commitment to like, being a voice for social justice, and, like thinking about and then going beyond thinking and and trying to come up with how do these values play out. Um, in life, you know, like what what do they start to to look like? Um, and I've been <laughs> it's it's a question that I imagine I'll be kicking around uh, till the day uh, this life comes to an end for me. But um, you know, I've I've been very lucky to be able to to really dive into that question. You know, like to to sort of go off the deep end and. Um, really explore them while while spending time, as you said in the intro, uh, in places all over the world. Um, and really just, you know, is my sister and I started a blog called Off Scripting. And I guess Off Scripting may be the, the short uh, way of talking about uh, my approach to, to this sort of time in the liminal space, you know, being uh, essentially the question being what happens when we step off of the conventional path and that path, you know, without judgment as to whether that path is a good thing or a bad thing, saying it, it is a thing, that idea that we're presented of, you know, what life looks like, you know, where you go to school, you go to more school, you get the job, you get the next job, et cetera, et cetera. 
what happens when you step beyond that that story and face a an uncharted wilderness where you know certain of those elements you got to figure out on your own um, or all of them because right? it seems to me that you know in this this time we're living in the world is changing really fast and that story uh, it seems to be getting increasingly difficult to to even pull off and for a lot of people historically it's been really difficult to pull off anyway um, but it also there seems to be an element that for the people who are managing to walk that conventional path um, it's coming with what what seems to be you know increasing issues uh, in terms of walking that path um, may may be a recipe for dissatisfaction, depression, addiction, those sorts of things. Um, so I think that's sort of a roundabout way of <laughs> of I guess diving into the question. Mm-hmm. When you started off scripting, I know at some point you had a good bit of interaction with other people who were trying to step away from their day-to-day lives to get a bit more distance, a bit more perspective. And I'm wondering if there were any trends that you saw or anything that you learned that has really stuck with you. Sure. So, yeah, part of Offscripting, Offscripting started as a blog and then it sort of morphed into something where I was doing consulting work and then Christy and I also... Uh, we went back to the Camino de Santiago in the summer of 2016 and led a couple groups, um, one that walked 120 miles and one that walked uh, 500 miles. Um, and you know, everybody who, who spends time with off-scripting is, it seems like, is somebody who's you know, either in that liminal space themselves or are coming to some sort of crossroads. Um, and I think the it's the thing that seems to be true, and and I'm trying to think of your question in terms of trends, and I guess it would be hard for me to speak to trends of people here as opposed to other places, um, <laughs> seeing as how I have no experience with with other times or places. But um, <laughs> but when it comes to the people that we've worked with with off scripting. You know, a couple of things that, that come to mind are that you know, just about everybody wants to do well and do good. And by that, I mean people want to treat other people with respect. People want to do good work. People want to, um, you know, be the best version of themselves. And that's one thing that I've come to to truly believe. And I think that that goes for just about everybody, um, that we're all out there just trying to do the best we can. Um, and sometimes that manifests in, in better ways than others. But then the other thing um, that I think I've certainly seen in this work is that it's really difficult uh, to even face up to some of these big questions 
and these questions that uh, in a lot of ways people have been wrestling with probably as long as people have been thinking right as I'm what am I here for? You know, what does it mean to live a meaningful life? You know, what is happiness? Uh, but then on on the ground, you know, some questions like, uh, where should I be going to school? What kind of degree should I be getting? Um, you know, like, what should I do if I'm not happy in my job? What am, what should I do if I'm, you know, if I'm 55 years old and coming toward, um starting to come toward retirement and I don't know what comes next. Um, you know, like all, all those questions, um, they, they seem to be <laughs> looming large and, and very few of them have clear answers. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the last thing you said about not knowing what comes next. The, this show is called Precipice. The, the hope is that there's to some degree the conversations here are willing to be on the edge of things at least a little bit and I know for me a lot of the scariest moments in the last several years have been the moments when I really didn't know what came next Uh, and that there that most of the training that I got in my life was to set up structures so that you really never ran into not knowing what came next. (laughs) Hmm. Um, And to have that show up is, can be, it's both liberating and really challenging. And it's, for me at least, it often was really exciting on the front end. So I'd go, Ooh, I don't know what's next. And that lasts for however long it lasts, not, not nearly long enough. And then, (laughs) and then there's the sort of abject terror of, (laughs) <laughs> oh gosh, I left, and now I don't know what comes next. And 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 the process of, for me, it's been a, a a cyclical process where sometimes I panic and I just run back towards the things that are structurally there for me to grab onto, and other times I'm able to stay a little bit longer in an in between space where I'm not sure what to do. So and you know that can look like for me with work. So I've also done freelance legal work in the, in these intervening years to make money. And there's been periods of time where I tried to find other ways to make money and I'd be sort of out in that space and not entirely sure where the money was going to come from. And, and probably more times that I was panicked and just went back and did the work that I, that I knew. And I would love to hear about how you navigated that. Cause I, I really, I think you were, uh, you were more willing than I was to hang out in that in between, I think. And I would just be curious to hear about how it was for you in the moments that you were in the, in the not knowing and the in between. Sure. And you know, when we're talking about this liminal space, I think it, the space that you and I have experienced, Annie is a, a fairly specific one, I think where we we have professional degrees, and you know, we're in we're in good health, and we have good support systems behind us. So, you know, I guess when I think about the risks uh, inherent in sort of going beyond uh, <laughs> the the conventional path in terms of work and jobs, um, I th- I think I've been very lucky. Uh, to even have the 
the opportunity to think about these things and to live into them a little bit, to take a shot at it. Um, whereas you know, most people don't have the luxury uh, to give that a shot. Um, but you know, there are a few things that, that came to mind as, <laughs> as you were talking. Um, and one idea when it comes to um, the occupying this liminal space, um, you first of all, it is deeply uncomfortable. I mean, it seems that we have been trained, as you mentioned, like, to seek comfort. You know that that we're essentially trying to remove instability or. Uh, any semblance of insecurity from our lives, right? Like we want financial security, we want job security. Um, even though those things appear to be, to a certain degree, uh, illusions or, or you know, at least not reliable. Degrading, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure, degrading. Um, and so, in in this context, you know. One line that I really love from the prophet, and I know we've talked about the book, the prophet Khalil Gibran's um, beautiful little book, but he he talks about um, comfort in a way that that has stuck with me, which is to say that it shows up as a guest, and then once it's in the house, it becomes the host, and then it becomes the master. And I know that that really had come to sort of define my life. Um, you know, into my 20s, and I'm, I'm 35 now, but, you know, I had spent much of my life through school and through law school basically just trying to be comfortable, you know, and trying to remove anything that would make me uncomfortable. Um, and I, ultimately what that led me to was, um, and I know we've talked about this, I a serious drinking problem. You know, I, I haven't had a drink in, in seven and a half years at this point, uh, which has been a, a huge part of my own personal journey. Um, but I I think of my, my problems with alcohol and my problems with addiction uh, as sort of my, my soul's uh, rebellion against my dogged determination to be comfortable. Because uh, when it comes down to it, it, and it seems there's a pretty good body of research out there to suggest that human beings aren't meant to be comfortable. And like we're, we're not meant to live in an eternal, perpetual state of safety and comfort. Uh, that when it comes down to it, a lot of... Um, a lot of the juiciest stuff of the human experience um, is somewhere between the comfort zone and then, I guess, what you might call the danger zone, you know, or a place of of being seriously in jeopardy of losing one's life. That in between those two things is this this sort of space um, where things aren't comfortable. Um, but where we have enough of our bandwidth available uh, that it's exciting. And I think that that's 
essentially the flow state you know, that you know, the <laughs> the professor out of the University of Chicago, whose name I would totally butcher, so I'm not even going to try, has written about. Um, but so they, that idea of you know, dealing with the space beyond the comfortable, like to me, I somewhere along the line, and, and this was part of my recovery um, from from like a life that was falling apart, you know, fairly early on due to my addiction, um, where I had to make a choice. And the choice was, am I going to keep pursuing the comfort um, or am I going to take a, a shot at trying something different, which at that time was very uncomfortable because the choice there was, you know, I, I would have to look at myself. You know, I was going to have to do some very serious <laughs> internal uh, work on myself, which at that point, I was not a person I really wanted to spend much time with. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the other thing that had come to mind, and then I'll stop rambling for the moment, but, uh, is yeah. this another quote that, that has stuck with me that I, I just love and have relied on. It's been sort of a mantra over the last couple of years as, um, as I've been wandering around is from a, a Tibetan scholar who said something to the effect that the bad news is that you're falling and the good news is that there is no ground. Uh, and mm-hmm. <laughs> I've taken a lot of solace in that one over the years. Well, with that, we're going to take a short break. My guest today is Tony Albrecht, attorney, entrepreneur, blogger, and co-founder of Axis, a virtual support group for creative people. And we will be right back. Do you know that you were born to experience revolutionary wellness? Have you wondered why extraordinary physical, mental, and emotional health has eluded you? Do you know that your infinite personal power resides right here in the present moment? People all over the world are awakening to their birthright. Revolutionary Wellness. Subscribe today at revolutionarywellnessmagazine.com and begin your journey into the mystery. Engage with experts in topics of nourishment, wisdom, and empowerment. Develop mental clarity. Live wholeheartedly and be empowered to live an authentic life of passion and purpose. The world, now more than ever, needs you to feel revolutionarily well. Explore and integrate new ways of being. Learn to access your own unique treasure, the wisdom that is right there inside you, waiting to be revealed. Experience a renewed, vivid, and nourishing relationship with yourself and the world around you. Log on and subscribe to Revolutionary Wellness Magazine today and experience the publication devoted to your journey toward extraordinary health and well-being. RevolutionaryWellnessMagazine.com In these times of converging crisis, the world needs us now more than ever before. Revolutionary Wellness Magazine is devoted to amplifying inspiring voices facing challenging realities head-on. 
opening up new places of power and inviting curiosity about the paths we might take toward personal, communal, and global health. The magazine aspires to help us become the change we wish to see in the world, co-creating the more beautiful world we know to be possible. Join us on this journey. Log on and subscribe to Revolutionary Wellness Magazine today at revolutionarywellnessmagazine.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. Our hosts are clinicians of mind and body medicine and lifestyle change. They are writers, activists, educators, and change agents. You can reach the show and our hosts at experiencerevolutionarywellness.com. Now, back to our show. Welcome back to Precipice. I'm Annie Levin, and my guest today is Tony Albrecht, attorney, entrepreneur, blogger, and co-founder of Axis, a virtual support group for creative people. Uh, Before the break, we were talking a bit about spending time in the unknown, in the liminal space. And one thing I wanted to add on that you mentioned earlier, Tony, is that there's a lot of different ways to spend time in that kind of in-between space, and not all of them require leaving your full-time job or mm-hmm. traveling halfway around the world. Or mm-hmm. and, and in fact, it, it could be that the way that I've framed things has given the perception that that was all of what that these years has looked like for us and or for me. Certainly, it hasn't. Um, I've been working pretty much full-time doing freelance work most of those years and then mm-hmm. taking these forays out to learn things that I don't yet know. So sometimes that's travel. Sometimes it's a workshop in the city where I live. It's been a lot of reading. My bookshelf looks almost entirely different than it did four years ago. (laughs) And there, there are a lot of ways to step outside of the, the spaces that we are habitually inhabiting. And I just, I do want to mention that because the capacity to actually physically geographically leave or to have financial freedom to leave is, is only going to be available to a very limited number of people. And that's a huge privilege to be able to do that. And so, um, I just want to say that and mention that, that the stepping outside of the spaces we're used to inhabiting, can be as simple as picking up a book or taking a different route to work or going into a dance class that we've never gone to. There's a lot of ways to shake up uh, what's what might be stuck and find new horizons and new ways to see. Uh, absolutely. And one of the things that I talk about a lot with people uh, who feel stuck in a particular job is the idea of pausing and the the pause that initially my my journey once I quit my job as a lawyer in 2013 I took a year I was going to give it a year and then it turned into four years you know as even the best laid plans as they say but you know I I talk about pauses because the first 
pause I took wasn't a year. You know, the first pause is like a breath, you know, and I'm a huge fan of mindfulness for this reason. Um, you know, the, we, it's like a muscle that needs to get built up. Um, but yeah, I think trying something different, trying something new, I, I think you're, you're spot on and you know, pauses for most people shouldn't look like quitting your job and going off and, and doing the different things that you and I have done. Um, I think for me, it's just, I've, I have a pathological inability to moderate, I think, which has, <laughs> a, has a tendency to manifest in, in extreme ways. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. So let's shift gears a little bit to talk about uh, shifting from that maybe more nebulous space of being in between to what what's required to then actually shape what what we've learned or what we start to know that we want to bend our time and our labors towards what's required to actually shape that because I know that's something that you have done some work on. Yeah. Do you know the answer? I'm not sure I know the answer. I think <laughs> I'm looking been, to I'm looking to you. Well, so I guess so let's let's talk about it this way. Not what's the answer? What are the what are the experiments that you've tried in the process of of trying to have some answers to that question? Uh, I'm as you're talking there, I think about all the things that have changed in in this time period, and you know, like, you know, in that time, like my sister's had a baby, like I've gotten married, um, I've done work with, you know, a beautiful organization here in St. Louis called the Arch City Defenders. I had the opportunity to work with them for a couple of years, representing, you know, like underserved populations in in St. Louis City. Um, you know, I've had the chance to travel. I've had the chance to start businesses. I've had the chance to, um, you know, <laughs> write, um, let's say, write a draft of a book that I hope sees the light of day in the next year. Um, you know, so, it, like, uh, I was presented with the idea of <laughs> diverging spaces and converging spaces a while back that that made a lot of sense to me that, you know, I had come to a crossroads from which I, I went off into all these different directions in a very divergent space, right? Where things in front of me were getting broader. And with each step, it seemed like more and more things were possible. Um, and then in the last year or so, I found myself more in a convergent space, you know, one where starting to kind of zero in on, on what it was I was interested in, in building, um, and here, I think, well, we're, we're getting toward AXIS, you know, this, um, this project that, um, my sister, Christy, my, my co-founder of AXIS and Offscripting, um, started back in January. Is now a good time to talk about that? Yeah. yeah. Um, and AXIS, you know, it's, you mentioned is a virtual support group for creative people. And and um, it's a an acronym that stands for 
uh, apprentices creating, supporting, and shipping. And it's, it's a little bit convoluted, but the basic idea is um, apprentices have a learning mindset, you know, people who want to learn how to master something. Um, and in Axis, you know, we have, we have only three rules in, in our little group. Um, those rules are show up, put one foot in front of the other, and don't take yourself so seriously. Um, and in Access, we have basically four-week cohorts. And in each cohort, um, eight different creatives come with some project. And that project could be something like we've had people write books. We've had people start businesses. We've had a guy named Ryan who uh, designed and built a board game from scratch. Um, and then we've also had people who are focusing on uh, trying to develop healthier routines, you know, whether that's you know, meditating and doing yoga in the morning or doing more writing every day, um, exercising. Um, but what we found, you know, through these cohorts that meet entirely online um, and that are pretty much totally self-selective, you know, that the people who do these cohorts, and we're right now wrapping up our sixth cohort, um, you know, like the things we share in common are you know, the idea that you know, we want to be better versions of ourselves uh, and that we want to put in the work that makes that happen. Um, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, sort of, I sort of stopped mid-rant. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting. Where's the rest of it? Um, Where's the... <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, so one of the things that I know that you did at one point was you typed up a book from start to finish in 24 hours. Is that accurate? Uh, it was more like eight hours. Okay. And actually, yeah, it's the starting point when I talk about Axis probably needs to be that book, which is Stephen Pressfield's The War of Art. Um and you, over the past couple of years, you know, you talked about your bookshelf and my bookshelf a few years ago, I was like reading a book a week, basically, you know, just w- one after another, just everything I could get my hands on. And over the last year or two, I found myself sort of circling back to the same books over and over and just putting books basically on loops in my little head. And The War of Art has been one of those. And his basic premise in that book, um, which I cannot recommend highly enough, uh, is that we all have our own work to do. We all have creative work that if we don't do it, it's not going to get done. Um, And that there's a force that is attempting to keep us from doing that work. And Pressfield describes that force as the resistance. You know, the resistance being this natural thing, this force um, that is going to use every means at its disposal, whether it's drama or procrastination or addiction, um, to keep us from sitting down and writing or sitting down and having the hard conversations with people we care about or painting or sculpting or starting that business. Um, 
And the solution, which I think goes back to your initial question here, um, is you know, it's, it's not a fancy one and it's not a all that exciting one. It's that you sit down and you do the work one day at a time. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's really where access focuses, right? Is it creates a container that helps people to do that on their own with other people. Exactly. And yeah, going back to when you and I met in 2013 uh, in a place that was very radical, you know, and a place that was thinking on a global scale, you know, it was was very locally oriented, um, but it was also thinking about global change. Um, You know, I I found myself over this time coming to a place of, of thinking, well, how can uh, you and me and the people in our lives, you know, find something today to do, like something concrete and tangible that we can do that will make us more like the person we want to be tomorrow? Um, and if we can do that, and if we can start to string together days where every morning when I wake up, I say, here are the things I'm going to do to make myself more like the man I want to be, then tomorrow, presumably, I may be a step or two closer uh, to being that. Um, and one of the, the things about resistance is that you, it helps to combat it uh, with support, like with a team. And that's that's what we found here in these little groups. You know, I, I talked about my uh, my experience with with alcohol, and you know, like uh, support groups were instrumental to me in in turning my life around. And one of the things that stuck with me over the years from those experiences is you know, like there weren't experts in there. You know, like there weren't people who had everything figured out. We were just a bunch of people who ran into the same problem. We're just getting our butts kicked by that problem day after day and come together in these rooms to just talk about how we might be able to do better. And that really was sort of my driving motivation in Axis. You know, it's like, and there's some of us, and how many of us, I don't know, but it seems like there are creativity and people who are sort of wired to be very creative. Like there's a, a certain percentage of, of a population who are maybe inclined that way. Um, and if you are a person who's, who is inclined that way, um, my sense is that you have a tendency to feel a little weird, you know, like you feel different than most people. Um, and it can be a very lonely experience. Um, and also people who tend to feel weird um, don't always congregate together. You know, it's it's like we don't all hang out in the same place. Um, so Axis has provided this really beautiful generative space uh, for people who, have, who tend to feel, you know, like a, a different, weird, um, to kind of come together and focus on, um, you know, like becoming more like the person we want to be by, you know, sitting down and doing the work. 
That makes me think about what you were saying about waking up every day and being the person you want to be and talking about access. It made me think about you going back into law and that four years ago you were in a full-time legal job or a little more than four years ago and and now you are again and it's easy to have a narrative where that's a, a circular that says, oh, I'm back where I was, but I I've found the idea of a spiral really helpful, which is that mm. things can sometimes circle around, but you're not in the same place you were. And and you talked a bit about, well, I guess I'm curious if you have any thoughts at this point. I know it's very recent that you've restarted work in this mm. way, mm. but I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on the difference between Tony the lawyer four years ago and Tony the lawyer now what shows up differently in the work that you're doing as a result of what has happened in the times when you were doing other things Mm, that's an awesome question Um, T.S. Eliot had a line uh, that was something to the effect of you know the purpose of our travels um, are not that we'll leave home and never come back, but that we'll go out, we'll see the world, uh, and then return. You know, but to see the place as if for the first time. And just the idea that, you know, yeah, I, I took four years largely away from, from my hometown, away from the Midwest for the most part. Um, and at the front end, I know I very much felt trapped. I felt trapped in the work I was doing. I felt trapped in, in like this very, in a lot of ways, in what was a really nice life. Um, and you, one of the things that I w- I've been focusing on as I was starting to consider options, and then ultimately when I was like given this opportunity to rejoin the workforce, um, you know, I I had had the theory <laughs> that if if we organize according to values, you know, and take a, a genuine shot at living according to those values, uh, then opportunities are going to start presenting themselves that sort of act as doors, you know, to walk through um, along that path, you know, as opposed to the idea that if you try doing that, then you're just going to run into a wall and get directed back to the conventional path, where then it's like what you would, you just said. You go back and you're like, oh, I'm back. Um, but to me, it, it really has not felt that way. And I've been very fortunate to... Uh, to be able to, I guess, wait for for an opportunity that didn't feel that way, um, but it, it, in the end, you know, it it seemed like one door leads to another, you know, which leads to another, and you know, all along, as we talked about earlier, like, there's a lot of anxiety that can come with that, you know, the the uncertainty, the the not knowing, you know, like whether everything's just going to fall apart the next moment. Like there, there, 
there's not really a way to know it. Um, but it's been it's been really interesting to sort of plug back into you know what looks like a very conventional setup. Um, but you know it it still feels to me like I've done it just on my terms and and those terms being um, you know like I want to live in accordance with these particular values, you know which were those ones I laid out earlier. Mm-hmm. Last week on the show, I spoke with Alnur Ladha who who actually talked a bit about what you're describing of uh, that if that if you aren't quite sure what's next, but with some kind of intention, like I know this is the value that I want to live by, that sometimes new things present themselves, and also that if you step outside of the structures long enough to be able to see them more clearly and differently than when you than if and when you step back in, you have the capacity to be carrying a different kind of story within the structures that might serve other people who haven't been able to step out. And mm. it sounds like that that, that that may be something that's happening where you are. Uh, absolutely. That's that's really well put. Yes. Well, we have about we have a few minutes left. You are someone who I know to love poetry. And I'm wondering if you have any poems or quotes at the ready that you might share. I feel like I've just been stringing uh, quotes together this whole time, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like you have one ready. Do you? Well, I do, but I, I thought maybe you had one that hadn't made it into the conversation and I wanted to give it some space. Mm. But the one that I have is, I think, one that you can relate to because I believe that it references the Camino. Please. Uh, Okay, so this is called Finisterre by -hmm. David White. The road in the end, taking the path the sun had taken into the western sea, and the moon rising behind you as you stood where ground turned to ocean, No way to your future now, but the way your shadow could take. Walking before you across water, going where shadows go. No way to make sense of a world that wouldn't let you pass, except to call an end to the way you had come. To take out each frayed letter you had brought and light their illumined corners, and to read them as they drifted on the late western light. To empty your bags, to sort this and to leave that, to promise what you needed to promise all along and to abandon the shoes that brought you here right at the water's edge, not because you had given up, but because now you would find a different way to tread and because through it all, part of you would still walk on no matter how over the waves. I love that poem. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Thank you so much for being here, Tony, and for being willing to keep asking the questions every day that might help you live into the answers over time. Thank you for the opportunity. And if it's okay for me to make a quick plug for Axis? Oh, yes. I meant to, I meant to ask you where people can find information about it, please. Yeah, we're, um, 
You can find us online at www.axis, that's A-C-S-A-S, dot work. Um, or you can just email me at Tony at offscripting.com. Um, but we are growing and and looking for, for other people to join us in doing the work. Great. Thanks, Tony. My guest today has been Tony Albrecht, attorney, entrepreneur, and blogger and co-founder of Axis. Next week, Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio will be back. Please join us at this time, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. It has been such a pleasure to be here with all of you today. Thank you for listening in. Until next time, may we be willing to stand at the edge, unblinking, together. I'm Annie Levin, and this is Precipice. Thank you for opening your heart and mind to new ways of seeing, to greater degrees of compassion, and to pathways to health for our world with Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. Join us next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern Time to expand your perspective, deepen your attention, and cultivate practices that support personal, communal, and global health on Voice America's Health and Wellness Channel.